Hello, everyone. My name is Ahmed Shada. And I'm John Palmieri. And uh, we're just going to talk about social media and a bunch of just other tangible, like money and fame and all of that shit that comes with social media in today's society. We hope you're all having a dandy day. And uh, John, why don't you give us a little intro as to what we can expect to hear today? A dandy day. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're going to bring up social media platforms, different ones, and the main ones, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and, uh, you know, podcasting, which is definitely gaining momentum more and more in uh, this day and age. Um, we're also going to touch upon some points, you know, about earnings, revenue, uh, just for one, YouTube ad, YouTube's ad revenue alone was $15.1 billion in 2019. And that was up 36% from 2018. So you could still see that even though this has been around for a while, I remember watching YouTube heavily back in like 2014, 15 when I was in high school, but it's still, you know, growing rapidly. And I think that's important. And, uh, and then generally touching on the topic that this is, you know, a whole new career path that, you know, before, if you were in LA or that kind of scene, it was more movies and TV shows. But now uh, that area, you know, L.A. is full of influencers where it's these people going around making videos in public, making TikToks, all that stuff. And now they're competing just as much with movie stars and TV stars for even those roles that are, you know, being amplified on that platform. Yeah, and I mean, just the extravagant lifestyle that all these people are getting to live off. You know, they were, you hear all their stories, they were average people one day and then they went viral and then their life changed forever. Yeah, and we can we can talk a little bit about how 2020 was a crazy year and all of that, which you've all heard probably what, a thousand times by now. Um, but let's just let's I'm I'm gonna just mention that quarter three, uh, 2020, YouTube's revenue was about five billion dollars, which was up. 32% year over year from 2019's quarter three, whatever, of 3.8 billion. And yeah, maybe with the stay at home order and all of that, uh, social distancing, we're more likely to consume a lot more media through like YouTube, through podcasts, through just social media in general. And, um, uh, Today, we'll go through a few more, or maybe a lot more, of these interesting and, like, insane figures and discuss the significant role that social media and influencers play in our daily lives. All right, let's jump in. All right, guys, so uh, this is take number two <laughs> because we just recorded a nice long section and mine didn't record. <laughs> so we're going to give it another go. And Yeah, we're off to a great start, guys. Yeah, this is uh, episode one, first full episode, and I already fucked it up, which is a story of my life. Um, we're going to dive into, you know, content creators and influencers who are able to you know, have their, I guess, influence, for lack of a better term, over millions of people, and why 
they tend to really care about the feedback and comments and subscriptions and what that does for them in terms of, you know, revenue, income, and the other avenues in which they uh, lay out their their uh, their content. Um, I think we should start, you know, by diving into the term CPM. Ahmed, if you want to speak a little bit on that, and then we could probably dive deeper. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, CPM, uh, it uh, it stands for cost per thousand impressions, and um, we did a little comparison between the CPM of YouTube and podcasting, just to get some numbers into your heads, and uh, just so, like, I guess we will have a little bit of perspective with the conversation we'll be having today, and the CPM. Um, it's typically like we just, uh, set a dollar amount per a thousand listens or a thousand downloads or whatever it is for the, uh, respective platform. Um, on average in podcasting, we'll see something like $25 per a thousand listens. And, um, that's for a mid roll ad and $18 per a thousand listens for a pre roll ad. Um, and when you compare that to YouTube, we see a pretty big difference because on YouTube, you'll see like two to ten dollars, uh, per a thousand listens, which we think has lent itself, uh, quite largely to a bunch of content creators who for years have existed solely on YouTube and push them to branch out into podcasting. So. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels that hasn't sponsored us in any way, but they're pretty cool, um, is called Donut Media, and they post a bunch of car YouTube-related anything. Like, they do just a bunch of random cool stuff. And they, uh, maybe it was two years ago, maybe it was a little less, they started their own podcast called Past Gas, where they have history of different uh significant people or significant cars, significant races and even though this this is just another medium for them to like get discovered and to like reach their audience in some kind of way but it's also uh I think podcasting is very in right now quote unquote and I think that the um, incentive from a content creator perspective for you're making like a little bit more money for your time and you also unless you're doing like a video podcast don't have to worry about video editing and all of that I think it is a very appealing option for anyone who's trying to start out as a content creator or a current content creator who wants to branch out and maybe reach a new audience Um, and I wanted to say uh, do you think, I don't think it has anything to do with the, you know, CPM and how much they're making per 1000, but do you think that it's easier to get a following on YouTube right now than it is to get a following on a podcast? And personally, I think the answer is yes. Um, I, I don't really know how to answer that question. It seems 
at least to me, I, I don't know how the different algorithms work and all of that stuff. Um, I just mean, you know, I think like as, because, you know, YouTube maybe five or 10 years ago was probably what podcasting is now. You're saying it's in, but people were saying, you know, YouTube is in and maybe it was a temporary thing, but now we've seen the numbers just continue, continuously grow. Mm-hmm. And I know I kind of feel like now it's pretty easy to go on YouTube, you know, make not pretty easy. I'm not going to say that, but you know, you can go on YouTube, you can create videos and put them out there and there's enough people on the platform just looking around on it that it might be easier than on, you know, maybe Apple podcast or Spotify podcast platform. Cause it's more like you're looking for a specific thing when you're there. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm in no way doubting YouTube's like longevity. Um, like we, we mentioned in the intro that YouTube is just constantly increasing in popularity, ad revenue, all of those types of metrics. And I, I consume much more YouTube per day than I think I consume podcasts. Like I do listen to a few podcasts that I really enjoy, but like if I'm eating something like, and say I'm not eating with someone, like I'll pull up a YouTube video or if I'm in my bed before I go to sleep, I'll pull up a YouTube video. So I don't think that content creators should completely avoid YouTube. I think YouTube is a great medium and it, it, it could be used to get famous and it could also be used to make like an instructional video or anything like that. I just think podcasting just in terms of dollars and cents is more, uh, it's a more, efficient use of time i know i know content creating isn't all about making money though so i think youtube has its own uh niche that would that like you can't basically recreate in a podcast like if you're teaching people how to do something a youtube media is probably better than a uh podcasting medium than just someone's voice yeah i uh I also feel like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people initially, and we kind of get into this, we'll get into this later, but they start their following on YouTube and then from there either migrate to maybe a podcast or maybe to a subscription platform or a website. But now that I think about it, maybe YouTube's purpose is now just another way to generate the following when I feel like before maybe five years ago it was the main one but now you can go on social media on Instagram or TikTok and you could probably do just the same thing people are doing the same thing now I feel like maybe YouTube's purpose is kind of migrated or I think YouTube is also good in that way because its purpose is malleable now everyone's using it for their different purposes some people are starting it out on there some people are bringing people there some people are using it as a jump start to then move to something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think YouTube is, is great. Um, I, uh, so there are some actually pretty interesting changes with YouTube that happened, uh, in July of 2020, um, that I think would be pretty interesting to discuss. So mid roll ads, uh, they were, Historically, at least, they were only used in videos that were 10 minutes or longer. And 
recently, so like six months ago, YouTube decided that videos that are eight minutes long are eligible for mid-roll ads, and YouTube has ads turned on by default for content creators for their uploaded videos. So, of course, if a content creator doesn't want ads in their video or doesn't want ads in one of the videos that they upload, they could turn off the ads, but they're turned on by default, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and just in general, like while I was doing this research, I did research about YouTube on YouTube. And the, the guy who was explaining everything, like we, I think, John, you touched upon this earlier. We were talking about how people that create content are always asking for like likes, comments. Um, subscriptions, all of that. He was explaining this, and then at the end, he was like, yo, like, smash that like button, like, yo, like, ring that bell, like, we need your support, like, comment below. And I think that's great, like, you you want some some type of feedback so you know, like, how to better provide content for your audience, but it's kind of, I don't know, it's, I guess it's just a little bit draining just hearing that all the time i don't know what you think no yeah i do too and i was gonna kind of touch upon the the changes that you mentioned too do you think and i'm kind of making these connections on the fly do you think that that was youtube's maybe countermeasure to you know maybe podcasting or these other platforms that seem to be more lucrative for the the content creators maybe if they're giving them the opportunity to you know display more ads on their videos that in turn obviously makes them more money per video i don't know maybe i don't even have an answer to that i was kind of just throwing the idea out there maybe it's something that they're i mean obviously everything's done with a purpose but do you think that's the purpose to bring some people back in it, it really could be um i think this like every ad that uh is included in a video will inc- like linearly increase the revenue per video for a specific for a whatever whoever is uploading these videos like if you have two ads versus one ad in your 8 minute video you are now making twice as much ad revenue so it could definitely be an incentive for um people to either go back to YouTube or to start on YouTube um do you want to maybe discuss uh, what some of these alternatives are and how they are more lucrative for the content creators, like you know subscription models and merch? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think um, like so subscription models they seem to be. You want to mention that Motor Trend one? I feel like that was uh, pretty interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so in January of 2020. I received an ad uh, for Motor Trend on demand, which is some, which is basically a streaming platform with all of the different Motor Trend car related channels. And I'm very interested in Top Gear, uh, like the old Top Gear with uh, Jeremy Clarkson and the other two guys. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sign up so I could rewatch the show. And it was only $12 for the entire year. So a dollar a month is, I don't, I don't know if maybe this is privilege, but a dollar a month seems to be pretty 
uh, disposable for at least like hours of like pleasure, so to speak, per per day or per week. And I looked into it, and the twelve dollars per year promotion was for uh, watching whatever you want, unlimited watching, but there were ads in the uh, different videos. And I, I I saw another option right below that that was $24 for the year, so now $2 a month, and that had no ads. And for me, the $24 per, for the year was the obvious choice to pay 12 extra dollars um, to not have to watch an ad on that platform for an entire year. And I, I don't know, I don't know about you. I think, I think most people would probably go for the $24 option. And that way, regardless of ad revenue or not, Motor Trend makes some extra money. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Because, I mean, obviously it's done that way to then be like, hey, you know what? Give us another single dollar per month and we're going to give you no ads. When, in reality, if they wanted to, they could have offered the one with ads for the 12 or, you know, whatever price. And they could offer the one with no ads for four or five times the amount. But I think that they realize that, you know, they're so similar in price that that 12 more is not really a lot for a bunch of people that they're going to be much more willing to spend that. And then in turn, the amount of people more that they would have gotten to subscribe to the to the ad free version would have, you know, it's going to pay off so many more fold because you know everything's ampli- amplified by thousands of their their followers you know yeah yeah like watching five the first 5 seconds of an ad before you inevitably skip it like the ad company or whatever whoever is posting it there they they will receive like less than a fraction of a cent or a fraction of a cent just for that that single view but if you have millions of views and you have like multiple ads per video multiple videos per week all of that like this it's just exponentially growing uh the amount of revenue that you'll see um especially youtube and podcasting i wanted to make a quick point that i remembered so it's kind of like that the idea where you know some people or some company selling something will be like, hey, it's one ninety nine ninety nine. So your mind sees one and thinks it's not that much, but if you saw two hundred, it you know it triggers a different thought process in your brain, and that's like a hundred percent psychologically like a decision that these companies make in their marketing. So I feel like it's th- the same thing, just you know implemented in a different way. It's to get the it's you know going from one thing to then quickly making that connection being like hey it's not that much more when in reality if you saw 30 instead of 24 or something you know like the numbers and how you even view them plays a part yeah i mean i i feel like you definitely you'll definitely have people with like psychology backgrounds and stuff like that that are on the marketing teams for like some of the biggest marketing companies in the world and it makes sense like marketing is all about basically convincing other people that they should either buy your product or be aware of your brand in some way. And it's, it's like a very powerful thing to do to someone. 
and a psychologist who understands the way that the human mind works would probably be perfect for that type of like position yeah i'm just uh also you know keep keeping on the subscription model topic and then we can quickly dive into merch after but uh just one for example you know logan paul he's one of the biggest influencers out there right now he was a small kid out of ohio started making vine videos and now here he is about to fight floyd mayweather in the (laughs) coming months i'm not actually sure when the exact fight date is but you know everyone's going to want to watch that whether he gets a shit kicked out of him or not but regardless of that he had he has his you know aside from his youtube aside from his podcast he has his maverick club which is a subscription model that piggybacks his clothing brand. And, you know, for nineteen ninety nine a month, like I just said, nineteen ninety nine, obviously that has some effect. People are getting exclusive content, you know, discounts on his clothing, certain clothing drops that the normal fan base does not get to see. He does monthly giveaways for ten thousand dollars. He adds free shipping on all his orders on all the orders that people buy. And then he also has like weekly opportunities for Zoom calls with his fans. So at the same time, this is very lucrative, but it also provides, you know, it's a win-win in the fact that it's giving the the consumer and the fan a bunch of things that they would normally have not gotten. And to most people, $20 a month, that's 100% worth it to them. If they were going to already spend like that and, and then some on some of his clothing. Yeah, like... I don't know about you. I heard free shipping and I'm I'm like I'm not a huge Logan Paul fan or anything, but if if I was and I was ordering things like multiple times a month, like I'd probably pay twenty dollars in shipping alone. So if I'm part of this like subscript sub like subscription club, then for that twenty dollars I also get all these additional benefits. And just like piggybacking off of that um i don't know if you've noticed but like a lot of youtube channels have patreon sites for like very very similar to what you were saying like exclusive content early access to merch and all of that kind of stuff but it's also just for uh like a youtube channel maybe they're small maybe they're trying to get big or anything like that where uh People who are viewing their content, people that like truly love their content could basically just donate money to them and help them grow, which I like, I, I think that's pretty great, but, uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I think it's great that the opportunity is there, but I think you also know how I feel on this. That's why you brought it up, but I feel like there's a certain line, right? Because you know, I'll just throw in the merch numbers here. Someone like, uh, I can stick to Jake Paul and Logan Paul, or I could go to PewDiePie, you know, per month, he's estimated at 6.8 million in merch. Logan Paul, almost a million in merch. Jake Paul is 1.3 million. This is monthly. So, I mean, at the same time, maybe for up and coming channels where they're making the transition from hey this is a part-time hobby to you know what i'm doing this full-time and now the money's going to be tight for a bit and i need the support a hundred percent if you really believe in the purpose why they're there i think it's good but in a lot of cases i feel like 
this whole system gets a little toxic after a while when it's like super money hungry and these people clearly don't i mean am i the one to say but i don't really think they need all this money but to then ask for more and ask for more and ask for more in, in other platforms and clothing and this and that i know their lifestyles are like you know crazy extravagant. extravagant so maybe they do need it to fund the lifestyle and fund the content and everything so it is granted in a lot of cases but i think it's just complicated and a slippery slope because it gets to the point where people that don't really have the money are giving their money away to people that <laughs> have more than enough yeah i mean I, like personally i i'm not donating shit to like a youtuber who makes that much like a million dollars per month in just mer- in merchandise I feel like Donut, maybe they, they're they not super crazy big yet. They, I mean, they're getting there, but maybe they're still on the cusp where thing, they're funneling all the money they make back into the content as investments, so maybe they, they do need it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if you want to watch, like, your favorite YouTube channels start doing, like, like, crazy shit that will just require more money, then I guess they give you an avenue to do that. And Mr. Beast, I know, is one of those because he goes on different people's podcasts and interviews all the time. And he says, other than, you know, enough to pay his rent and to pay for food and to pay his friends who are also in the videos, every bit of money he makes goes right back into the channel. But that's also because every video he makes is like giving 50 million away to a random person I met today. Like, (laughs) it's like, it's crazy shit, but it's also working. So I feel like the lifestyle they live might not be sustainable. That's why it's needed, but I don't know. I think it's maybe case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's definitely respectable though. But uh, I think we should, you know, go. We should transition now into the second half. So we're gonna take a little quick break. Yeah, but uh, yeah, fucking GME, <laughs> GameStop. Yeah, I decide to hop in, and uh, I hop in once all the hype is basically fucking gone, I guess. I'm I'm down 15% in, like, what, 20 minutes? It's a great The thing is, the thing is for me, uh, I was on, like, Wall Street Bets Reddit page probably in, like, November, and I saw them talking about GME, and I was like, why are they trying to hype this stock? Like, I didn't really look into it. And I just thought it was them, you know, like just trying to do some some shit that Wall Street Bets does. <laughs> so I, I didn't really do anything to it. Like I didn't go in on it or anything. But now looking back, I was like, uh, I wish I kind of at least read the post fully or something. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, Maybe I would have gone on earlier. <laughs> I had a friend who, or I have a friend who's uh, into finance and he graduated with a degree in finance and he told me to buy into GameStop in September. And he was like, bro, this shit's going to the moon. Kept saying short squeeze. I'm like, bro, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, GameStop's garbage. Like, there's no way that shit's going to go up. And then it went from $4 and peaked over $500 fucking dollars. And it could still go up. Like, you never know. <laughs> Yo, I just got a text literally right now. It says, don't sell your GME at a loss from fucking Moose. <laughs> yeah, don't sell it. Yeah, no. Definitely don't sell it. We said could take a while, but short interest is still 121%. I'm 100% holding till 
until zero. Like <laughs> I'll hold until my contracts expire. I'll hold until my shares go down to like one dollar a piece. I don't care. I'm waiting to see this out. Yeah, you're in it. You're in it to just, win. Just find a principle. It's out of principle at this point. Yeah, you gotta fuck over the hedge fund boys. It's just like, damn man. Like, I think this year just showed us like how corrupt our government and leaders are. Like everyone that has power abuses it in some way or another. Yeah, for sure. I think like they tell us to invest in the stock market. And then when we actually invest and we're like trying to do something that they do that or technically do like manipulate the market all the time. They're like, Oh no, you can't do it like that though. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, yo, yo, please stop. Like I'm trying to buy like my fourth yacht right now and you guys are fucking it up. Like I want to buy another yacht. I want to like <laughs> my Lambo, bro. I need to Chrome wrap like, it. Bro, you just cost me $6 billion, but like I made like 80 billion yesterday. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about social media, specifically Instagram and Twitter. So I'll just name off a few of the most popular channels on Instagram. Um, this was just like a quick Google search and. Uh, here's what I found. At Instagram has 382 million followers, which is the uh, number one most followed account on Instagram. Do people really follow the Instagram I'm account? Sure, I'm sure they just have you follow Instagram by default when you create uh-huh. an account and nobody bothers to delete. Or at least 382 million people don't even bother to unfollow Instagram. I, I don't think I follow them. I don't see any posts by them, but it is the most followed account. Second, we have at Cristiano, so Christian Ronaldo, or Cristiano Ronaldo, with uh, 249 million followers. Uh, next is Ariana Grande with 213, and the list goes on and on. We have The Rock, Kylie Jenner, Selena Gomez, Kim Kardashian, just to name a few. And just for perspective... Um, I'm sure you may know this, but the population of the entire United States is 332 million as of the end of 2020. So there are some accounts like we'll exclude Instagram because whatever that that's like a different account, I guess it's not like a specific person, but there are some influencers out there that have almost as large of a following on just one platform as the entire population of the U.S. So let's talk specifically about Kylie Jenner, just because she's the uh, youngest ever self-made billionaire, Um, self-made kind of a controversial um, topic, I guess, but, but let's just, let's just like continue as if she is a self-made young billionaire. Um, each of her sponsored posts on Instagram for whatever, uh, like beauty or that's a big number uh, self care product that she do- that she does sponsor, she makes about a million dollars per post. So, because of her following, because of her status as a uh, as such an influential person, with not only not only like young people in general, but the wallets of those like followers, parents, and all of that. 
she makes a million dollars for a sponsored post. So her billion dollar net worth, um, it comes largely from uh, her company, Kylie Cosmetics, uh, of which she is the sole owner and the company is valued at about $900 million. So this is a little bit off topic, but I work in the cosmetics industry. I work at the Estee Lauder companies. And, um, of course, we make the <laughs> finest of all beauty products in the entire world. Uh, none of which that I actually utilize, but we do make the finest products. And I've heard from a few people that Kylie Cosmetics products are all right. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I can't really comment it's her, on it's it. It's a brand that's personally attached to it, right? Use. It's like, you know, getting the same car, getting a Volkswagen or getting an Audi. It's, you know, marked up two times, but yeah. it's the same car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, like, another huge example of that was uh, Beats when, like, when Beats first dropped and, like, the, the packaging was so nice and they were, like, heavy. Yeah, and the the quality was just average, but they were oh, yeah, no, insanely I've, priced. I have two pairs of them. When I was younger, I was like, you know, I got to get them shits because, you know, Dr. Dre is behind them and he is huge in the music industry. So that must mean they're cool and they're amazing when I now have, you know, a pair of Sennheisers and these below those out of the water in terms of quality in all ranges. Yeah. yeah and I, I guarantee you, like, Maybe the packaging wasn't as beautiful or whatever, but they're they're probably around the same price for like a significantly better product. All right. So a little bit more about Kylie. Uh, she has multiple properties as a young billionaire would. Uh, in total, they value well over forty million dollars and. Again, like you've heard, we've, we're both pretty into cars. She has an insanely impressive car collection with Lambos, uh, multiple G-Wagons, for whatever reason, and many, many more. Just the Kardashians alone, like, put the G-Class on some type of pedestal. I know it was around before, don't get me wrong, but I feel like in terms of at least the people that watch the Kardashians or follow Kylie Kendall, all the Kardashians, they didn't really know what a G-Wagon was before that, but then they saw them driving them, you know, at 16, like with their Starbucks and shit, and now now I feel like it definitely hyped up the G-Wagon's reputation, at least to that, like, sector of people. Yeah, no, that, that's actually, like, a, like, a really big point, and it's actually perfect for what I was, was like, just about to say, that um, like Kylie and other influencers who just have a huge following of like dedicated fans show how much that like likes and views can like almost become a form of currency in modern society where the G-Wagon where which was a pretty luxurious very off-road capable vehicle is now like like an LA cruiser and a, like a Beverly Hills like like, if you live in Beverly Hills, like, you gotta have a G-Wagon at, or something like that. And maybe this applies to some celebrities or 
figureheads more than others, but well, I guess that's I why they're called influencers, cool. right? Is because they really influence people to go out and get certain things, act a certain way, and live a certain lifestyle. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm going to transition now into our last point as we close out this first episode. Uh, we just wanted to you know, touch upon the topic that while we did mention all these good things about being an influencer and a content creator, you know, a lot of money, the ability to have all these fans and people that love you. I just cracked my finger when I did that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the ability to influence people, et cetera, et cetera. There's also, you know, there's a lot of negative aspects that people that are not in these situations do not have to experience. So, you know, while we always do say, you know, it's great to have money and it's great to be rich. We have to think about it in their perspective because there's negative aspects to being in our case as there is to be in theirs. And a couple of those that I wanted to touch on was, uh, you know, there's no escaping from their life. If they're in a relationship, if there's drama between their family, a friend, a significant other, they don't get to escape that. And it gets thrown out into the world and circulated around on news. So imagine how shitty you feel, you know, you go through a breakup. Imagine having it to be all over the news when you wake up the next day. And also the truth being completely bent out of what it really is. And it's just not what the reality of the situation is. Which is what, you know, they tend to say when all this kind of stuff happens. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I was, yeah, just their wow. whole life is really under a microscope and cancel culture, you know, they do one wrong thing. That's it. Their career could be over when, if we do one wrong thing, no one says anything <laughs> we have no consequences for it unless maybe it's some fucked up shit that you do at your job. Yeah. And I think besides the fact that like nothing, like if, if you're. Not to say that if you're not famous, you're a nobody. Nobody's a nobody, right? But if if you don't have, like, a constant eye on you that's just watching you, then you, like, you basically are more free to live your life however you'd like. Whereas if you have these people that are, like, looking up to you and you have this huge following, you're, there are things that are expected from you. Like, if you make a controversial post like you you or your PR team or whoever are not gonna like get a break from people commenting angrily and all of that kind of stuff over something that might not really be that significant to you oh yeah and you know while we may face backlash on some things that we do it's not even nearly to the degree that they do and not to mention that if I say some fucked up shit to someone in the middle of the street or in the store, I'm still going to my job the next day. I'm still making money. It does not affect my life. If one of these celebrities says something that, you know, really fucks up their career or, you know, causes them to lose sponsorships, etc., that doesn't just affect their image. It affects how much money they make and it affects their life and their income. So there's a lot more pressure yeah. in that regard. So, yeah, sure. yeah, no, I mean, I kind of made the point before, but I think it's important to, you know, it's hard because we think that their life is so much better or easier, but I think it's still important to, you know, take a step out of the current situation that you're in and try to see what life would be like in their shoes. 
And I feel like that would, you know, take us a long way. Well, I guess this wraps up our first episode. We'll aim to get better with each episode and ensure that our content is relevant and also of the best quality. Thank you for joining us here on Black Box. Be sure to tune in next time as we discuss another cool topic. All right, guys. So just to reiterate, we would like your feedback and you can send that to us at blackboxsubmission at gmail.com. We're going to try to keep this podcast pretty unscripted and conversational. We just like to throw some ideas around and see what sticks. But, you know, if you don't like that, we're open to feedback as well. Thank you so much. See you next time.